everyone, and welcome back to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London, alongside Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor. Listen, listen. It's real simple. Just go subscribe to the podcast. Download the podcast. Be all over the podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, whatever it is, go there. And if you're listening to the podcast, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look for the Real Ones Canes podcast. And we got content everywhere. We'll get you wherever we are. And um, Brandon, um, it is the last week of the regular season. And things are coming to a head here for the University of Miami. And we're trying to put our finger on whether this team has shown improvement or not. And this has been a big debate on the the X sphere, the Twitter sphere, the social media. I saw George Sedano and Will Manso getting into it. I think I'll try to get them on next week to do a, a, a little postseason roundtable, uh, see if they'll they'll hash out their argument with us, because uh, I feel like we'd be good uh, people to argue with them. Um, and I don't know, I, in, in some respects, just from my own point of view, I look at the Miami hurricanes and I say, all right, better in the trenches. Uh, we're, we're get, we're bigger, faster, stronger. We're kind of our, our body types as a program is kind of going the way that you need it to go for a program to be dominant. But on the other hand, I look at game management, coaching, uh, and mistakes by players and think to myself, well, I've seen that before and it's not getting better. So what are your, what are your thoughts? I think one thing that I saw that was an improvement over previous years was the resilience. I think when you have a situation where you get down early to Virginia at home, I think when you have a situation where you can force overtime with Clemson and then score first and have to stop them, you know, on the goal line. You know, it, it, there were some championship caliber moments with this Miami Hurricane football team. I think you took care of business, you know, against Texas A&M, and uh, you won a home ACC game. So there's improvement off of last year for sure. I think at times the offense looked a lot better than it has looked, you know, in this Miami Hurricanes recent memory. And I think it's a scenario where uh, defensively you had a really spectacular year, um, last game not included. And evidence of that is you've got coordinators up for national awards. Remember, Beast, I told you at the beginning of the year, if you're not competing for national awards, whether that's individual national awards, assistant national awards, coach of the year awards, conference of the year coach awards or player awards, then the team's not that good. And so you got to few guys on this team that are going to be up for awards and they're going to be semifinalists and potentially even finalists. You might have an All-American linebacker and Miles Goa, and uh, I think he played really good. I don't know how the stats compare, but he was definitely a big-time, you know, difference maker on a really good defense. Um, and, you know, it's a scenario where, you know, we've covered very well the, the, the coaching issues, the quarterback issues, but you're doing well in recruiting. Your defense is playing well. So you are taking steps. And then you had really good trenches at times, you know, particularly on defense, uh, particularly on offense, I should say. And, and defense played pretty well. 
uh, and you got really good play out of your freshmen. So there's some some real things to like. You got to improve game management. You got to improve at the quarterback position. You got to improve, um, you know, at depth in some points. And I think you got to get way more pressure on the quarterback. I think, you know, that that kind of was spotty. And uh, you ran the ball much better than you ever have. You got to limit turnovers. You got to create more turnovers. Um, there's nothing, there's been nothing like the turnover chain first season under Manny Diaz. And he, you know, coincidentally did a great job at Penn State this year. You know, yeah, he did. Off, offense can score, but, you know, he he did really well. And, um, you know, at the and end the of the day, point, you know. I was just going to say, Manny, uh, you know, we, Lance Gidry was not, you know, up for the Broyles Award, but the semifinals were announced and Manny Diaz was on that that final list of 10 for the Broyles Absolutely. award. So uh, a ton of respect. I, I think for... coach, I, I think, I think coach is, I, I think he had the chops. I don't know if he had the head coach chops, but he was, he was solid here. I mean, he was really solid. And a lot of people are like, you know, you never thought you'd be wishing for the day. I just, I don't know if he was the greatest with the media and some of the interpersonal head coaching things. Uh, recruiting wise, but I mean, dude's a ball coach. He's a big. I, I mean, listen, there, there's something to be said. There's a whole nother show that we could do. We'll save this for the off season, right? Which is, there's just certain guys that are meant to be coordinators and maybe not head coaches. Um, we've seen it over and over. And Randy Shannon he might coached here for a long time. Yeah, Randy Shannon was was one of those guys, and now he's up at Florida State doing a great job up there. So uh, there's there's a bunch of those guys around the country. But let me ask you this question, right? And this was brought to my – someone asked me this question, and I, and I had to think about it. Is Miami a great quarterback away with this team? If we, if we took a great quarterback and pick one from uh, Caleb Williams, uh, Michael Penix, uh, Jaden Daniels, is that – you put that guy on this team yeah. and this is the New Year's yeah. Bowl type team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we've been saying. That's what that's what when I'm talking about when are you ever gonna have a back end with Cam Kitchens and James Williams? When are you gonna ever have a a corner set of Takori Couch and Daryl Porter Jr. and Jaden Davis? And then when they go down, bring in guys that can make you not really remember that they got hurt. I mean, you lose to Louisville by a touchdown with backups at every position at the corner at the corner spot, and you're in week like 12. Like, of course this is, this is one elite quarterback away. Of course it is. I've been saying that all season. And that's why, you know, Tyler Van Dyke's play has been so regrettable because it's like, the one times you you just needed a quarterback to do something special, you couldn't figure it out. And at the end of the day, you take an offensive line that was built for success. You take a, an amazing freshman All-American season from Mark Fletcher. You flush that down the toilet. Um, when are you ever going to have the parity? Like, even as bad as Tyler was, the production at receiver was great. I mean, like, the numbers are amazing. Like they're all like really, really good for that, you know, court, you know, that triplet that, you know, basically was pretty much out there. 
I think, you know, you developed Bashad a little bit late. It would have been great to, you know, have him be that fourth guy. Uh, and he made some plays. I think you can wait. If you're this Miami Hurricanes team, you can make way more plays in special teams. You know, it just, there has to be, this is the home of Devin Hester. There's got to be somebody who can return punts. You know what I mean? Yep. That's just like past like two yards. Like it's just, and, and we're not even trying sometimes. Like there were guys who just, they did anything they could not to call fair catch. You know, right. I mean, you didn't know if you'd ever get another opportunity. The offense was so prolific. You might only get one punt return a game, maybe if that. So you were definitely trying to make things happen. So at the end of the day, um, Borgales might end up being a Rosa finalist. I mean, I think his brother posted some stats. He's like a ridiculous amount from over yeah. 50, fourth quarter. Amazing. He's so yeah. ridiculous amount. Like he's had like just a crazy year. And like you flushed him. You take, give me Penix, give me Jordan Travis, give me Drake May. Give me J.J. McCarthy. Give me any of those guys. And I think you're looking at a zero loss or one loss team. Yeah, and here's the thing that I think is what has me disappointed. I'm not going to say that Tyler Van Dyke is as talented as a couple of those guys you mentioned. But I've, but we have seen him play at a much greater level than he played, obviously, in the, in the second half of the year. Now, he was much better against Louisville. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, but unfortunately, in, the, in that game, um, there were some other mistakes and some other things happened that took that away from the Miami Hurricanes. But I'm just thinking, like, if you got, if you had a consistent Tyler all year, if he just didn't turn the ball over as much, maybe you're you're talking only a two loss team. Maybe you're talking, yeah. you know, being able to 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 possibly represent uh, the conference up in in at the championship game, right? I, I think so because maybe you only lose to North Carolina on the road. And maybe you only lose to take your pick between Louisville and Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah, yeah. And so if you are a one-loss team and or a two-loss team and you have you own the tiebreaker against Louisville and they win another loss, then I guess, yeah, Miami would go in if UNC was a three-loss team. So, yeah, right. it, that little thing could have made a huge difference. And then if you look at our season – and you say, well, okay, let's count the Georgia Tech, and people are going to do this all offseason. Let's count the Georgia Tech loss as a win, right? So instead of being six and five, you're six, you're seven and four, right? And so when you start walking it back, so what games did Tyler absolutely lay an egg in, right? Like you can pretty much hang the game on him. I think you can hang the game at the NC State game on him. I think you can hang – uh, the Carolina game on him. And those two wins are enough to get you to, you know, a two-loss situation and potentially depending on where the losses actually come, you know, because I think you got pretty soundly beat by Florida State uh, because even though Tyler didn't play, you know, you gave up, a, you know, an unforgivable special teams blunder that led to a very easy touchdown. So, and this is with a freshman quarterback. I think what this season is going to be judged on, this season is going to be judged on two things. Did you stick with Tyler too long? And first, how bad, 
how big of a mistake was it not to take a knee at Georgia Tech? Because you oh. wonder if this thing spirals. Of course it did. The way it did, if you don't have that happen. And all the I don't have pointing and all the all the other stuff that took place. Now, let me say this, because I don't want to just hang it on that, because I, I still think there's some recovery here. When Emory Williams beat Clemson and the offense looked way better and slowly but surely over the course of four quarters, Shannon Dawson gave this freshman way more time. The question I think this season will ultimately come down to is, why in the world, if he was completely healthy, because again, we don't know what we don't know. If Emory Williams was completely healthy the next week, why in the world was he not the starter from then on out? Like, what happened? Yeah, I, it's it's a question. Well, uh, you know, maybe after the season, uh, some of that stuff will, will get kind get of fleshed out. That, I mean, well, that's for conjecture, and that's right. I pity the person who takes the who takes the flyer on trying to ask that question. Pity the person. I've and asked some. T- I've I've. I've asked some tough questions this year and gotten some really uh, look, some interesting looks from Mario Cristobal and some post game pressers. Yeah, so you ain't making no friends. So and you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you you've got better things to do for sure. It's um, not better I, things. It's just I don't I don't like coach speak. I've never liked. It. I haven't been in one of those. It's been several seasons. Um, just before COVID. I'm a glutton for punishment, man. I, you know, I, I just keep going back from where I sit in the front row. I, I, I ask my questions. I don't like, I don't back down, but you know what? I think it's cool that you go and I don't because you have a perspective having been in there that I can uniquely react to. Like, like when you came out there saying Tyler said, Oh, I got to prepare better. I was looking at you like you were crazy. Like tell me he didn't say that. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about defend, uh, all season long, but now, you know, I'm up here. Uh, those of you that are watching that, those of you that are watching on YouTube can see me in my hoodie. It is freaking cold. I'm up here in Connecticut. I'm in my brother and sister lobs basement, uh, up here for the holidays up here for a few days. They're actually not here. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law are actually down in Fort Lauderdale. I'm up here, uh, as we're visiting my wife's parents uh, in Connecticut, uh, just about 20, 30 minutes away from where uh, Tyler uh, grew up in Glastonbury. And uh, it's TVD country up here, man, but it's freaking cold. And I, I, (laughs) we'll talk about the Boston college game in the next segment, but it's going to be interesting to see how these Miami hurricanes come out in a noon game. uh, when it's going to be freaking freezing up here in the Northeast in any event. So we're taping this on a Tuesday, right? Do you know what the current temperature is uh, in sunny South Florida in Hollywood, not too far uh, from Hard Rock Stadium? It is seventy-eight degrees, my friend. Yep. I when I when I when I left my house this morning, it was already in the upper seventies at uh, you know seven a.m. Uh, and then I landed in uh, Windsor Locks, which is just north of Hartford, uh, and it was like real feel thirty-one degrees. Um, it was huh, not good. Let's talk about Shannon Dawson for a second. Yesterday, Monday, um, is when the coaches had their press conferences, Mario, Shannon, and Lance Gidry. And, uh, there were some interesting questions 
asked of Shannon Dawson, and he got very defensive um, when he was no, no, basically. No, Shannon. He Shannon. was uh, he was uh, he was not too happy when he uh, when it was insinuated that this offense is not an air raid offense. Let me read the quotes to you, um, which is uh, here, here it is. Um, well, I don't know. I don't, well, sorry. Well, I don't think they know what the air raid is, first of all, Dawson said, uh, talking about uh, detractors. People that are judging don't have a damn clue. If you want to be completely honest, because the air raid is a mentality, it's not a play. It's more of, hey, this is the pass game in this system. And it's the same blueprint I use and a handful of other people use that learned it that way. Now, the way in which we use it is different, no doubt. Years ago, I never huddled and I went as fast as I could every time. Now, this is the important uh, part. Uh, because I think this is where the Mario comes in. Um, we want to play compatible football here. I'm trying to do everything I can to move the ball as much as I can and also have a lot of other things in my mind, you know? I don't want to put our team in a bad position. If we're struggling and not getting first downs, like I want to get first downs, I want to go slower because I don't want to go three and out fast because I know our defense might have just went out there for eight or ten plays. The logic behind speed of play to me has a lot to do with understanding how the flow of the game is. You can go fast every play if you want to and play 100 snaps, and your defense ultimately at some point during the season is going to break because they're playing too many snaps. I get the sense there um, that he was told when he got to Miami by Mario Cristobal that we need to we need to take your offense and slow it down because we are not going to put our defense in trouble, which I understand. But on the other hand, if a guy is really good at something and you're hiring him to do that thing, then let him do that thing. I don't know if I so I. I'm a little unsure of the position that Shannon Dawson was put in by Mario Cristobal. It's like kind of run your offense, but don't run your offense. I don't really know. Uh, it ain't that. It's the guy running the plays. You know, it ain't that. And you know, if that if that kind of back and forth exists, um, because I've actually been around Mario talking to you know an offensive coordinator and basically asking him like he didn't know what they were going to do. And I didn't get the impression, even though that was one time and that was before there was ever a game played here that he's that type of dude. Like he, Hey, we need to run your offense this way. Like I didn't get the impression that now I will say this, it really doesn't matter what I I don't believe we have the right trigger man. I, you know, the thing is, you, you the problem wasn't you running the pace you were running. The problem is you didn't have the ability to move the chains because the person you had who you were counting on couldn't get the job done a lot of times. I think as long as Tyler Van Dyke is super healthy, I think he's a really big asset to a football team. I don't think he's elite, but I think he's above average for sure. And you can win championships with him as long as you make up for some of the mistakes that he does have and some of the shortcomings. I mean, here's a guy that can actually run, is fast, he's athletic, 
he just can't not, he can't be touched. And that's not the greatest thing to have sort of as your, you know, one of your key attributes at the quarterback position because you're going to take hits. And I'm not questioning his toughness. He's tough as nails because when he was hurt, he always went back out there. He missed one game this season, I believe, and he was only benched for one. But at the end of the day, it's just when he gets hurt, he just becomes a different guy. And we said that's a fair statement, I feel, after two seasons. But, Brandon, in the game we just saw, Miami-Louisville, Hard Rock Stadium, we saw a quarterback in in Plummer for Louisville that I don't think has as good of an arm or is as talented as Tyler Van Dyke. Now, Tyler Van Dyke has, has made more mistakes, but I think TVD is a more talented quarterback. But the Braun brothers, right, uh, who run that offense, were able to we were able to scheme it up so that they made they made their offense look good despite maybe not having a Heisman candidate at quarterback, which shows me that listen, there's plenty of there's plenty of teams around the country that don't have amazing quarterbacks, but they find a way through scheme. And I don't know that Miami has been doing that. Listen, I can't punt on Shannon Dawson because when Emory was in, it looked fine. I just believe it's the guy. I don't. I, mean, I don't know that it, it, it looked. It looked better because the ball wasn't getting turned over. Listen, you got. You asked the question. Got to listen to the answer. He beat Clemson and had a chance to beat Florida State. If he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't get hurt on that fourth down play where he picked up the first, I just want to see what happened. You have, but those in those. In those two games, they basically hid the quarterback and by the way they played fine. the game. If it, if it, if it works, it, it works. That's come fine. on. Because, no, no. The strength of this de- the strength of this team was the defense. The one game, watch this. The one game the defense didn't play well and needed the offense to pick them up was this past Saturday. Right. And they still, they still, the offense did okay. You know what I'm saying? But they couldn't stop the 38 point onslaught. And, you know, they were doing it like it. Come on, Beast. Like the offense isn't down anybody. The defense is down four, five, eight guys. Like it's ridiculous. Brandon, I can. just caught up to them on a one team in the back, on on the heels of playing the best team in the ACC. I can to this ball to back. I'm playing Florida State on the road, and I come home and play Louisville. That's a tough ask. I can count on one hand the amount of times this year I've watched this offense and said, "Now that was a freaking play call." One hand. The thing is, you know, Miami is getting is getting kind of ridiculous here. Okay, first it was Josh Gaddis. Now we're all out on Shannon Dawson, dude. Forget that. We don't have the quarterbacks we need. It's just that simple. Like, when Emory was in, who's a much better situational quarterback than Van Dyke, who handles the ball better and was babysat, everything looked better. Like, even a child can see that. I'm not going to punt on Shannon Dawson. Look at what he did against Texas A&M. I'm I'm not punting on this dude. I, I'm listen. I I'm not. Fi- I don't think he's Jeff Brom or Greg Brom or any of those Broms. But <laughs> I, I'm not gonna punt on. You know what I mean? Those Brom guys are legit. I mean, I give them more props. But you know, 
uh, they still should have lost. They should have lost Saturday. Miami allowed them to win. But, I mean, they were dialing it up. And you got to say, you got you to tip your cap. I am not punting on Shannon Dawson. I think the I'm biggest... Are. I'm just saying, I'm... And I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make in uh, trying to build a program in college football is firing guys or getting rid of guys and having uh, staff issues that when inconsistency on a staff really hurts program building. You need to be consistent. You need to have the same guys there so that everyone's, you know, when you start going through, well, this quarterback had five different offensive coordinators in four years, like all, like that stuff always blows up in your face yeah. when you and keep Tyler changing. Had, Tyler yeah. Had a new one every year. Yeah. Like, that, that never, I think he has. Well, no, but that, but that never helps. So I'm not pushing what my, I just want to make sure. And you know, who knows if we'll ever get an answer. Like, Mario, let this guy do his thing. Uh, why are you assuming that Mario was in this guy's Kool-Aid? I just don't understand why you think that he goes to him and say, slow things down. That, I mean, that's... Like, I, I, think that's, that, I think that comment by Coach Dawson is a little, uh, is a little bit... Uh, it kind of goes past the line. So you're telling me that if you... You're basically intimating that you basically couldn't do what you wanted to do because you were trying to protect the defense. No, that's crap. The defense protected you all season. You 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 didn't put up points in the games you needed to. You 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 were turning the ball over or being ineffective or punting. Dylan Joyce and that defense should be your best friend. How dare you go out and have anything to say? You know what I mean? about like their play and like like intimate that you had to like slow things down so you didn't keep them on the field. No, you didn't develop a quarterback and you didn't choose to to switch him out with a freshman when you needed to. Like I'm I'm backing you, bro, but like nah, don't talk about the defense. That was the highlight of the whole year. Don't talk about but the defense at all. I think he's talking about the defense because the head coach was telling him in his ear, hey, you better uh respect our defense. This is how we're going to play. Listen, I respect <laughs> your opinion. I just disagree. All right. Um, what we will agree about is that it is going to be a tough game for Miami up here in New England um, at Alumni Stadium on Friday. We will preview Miami, Boston College, and we're going to get really cliche, Brandon. We're going to get so cliche here. After the break, we will tell you what we are thankful for about this Miami Hurricane season. Ha! That is coming your way after this. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast. Welcome back to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast, Brian London. It's Brandon O'Doy. We are going guestless this week. Why? Because we're just full of hot air. Because we got to make turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and all the other fixings. That's why that's why we got so much hot air this week. The Canes are going to need some hot air on the sidelines as they take on Boston College on Friday at Alumni Stadium. A sleepy nooner, if I ever saw one, the day after Thanksgiving, that tryptophan running through the veins. Exactly. 1,000%. I will be there in the press box at Alumni Stadium uh, because I'm a glutton for punishment and evidently I want to freeze. So that's what will be happening. But before we get to Miami and Boston College, Brandon, 
uh, Thanksgiving is upon us. Maybe some of you are listening to this or watching this on Thanksgiving as your turkey's in the oven or uh, the fryer. Be careful when you're frying the turkey, by the way. It's uh, It can be hazardous if you don't do be it right. Careful. Be very careful. Um, I, I want to go as cliche as, as possible. And if I was hosting a show on Thanksgiving on the radio in the old days, I would do, what are you thankful in sports? So we're going to take that and apply it to the Miami Hurricanes. Brandon, when it comes to this program and the Miami Hurricanes of 2023, what are you thankful for? Thankful for a great hunter. Shout out to freshman Dylan Joyce. Ooh, okay. He is uh, a lifesaver. He kept us in games. Um, he needs to be a Ray guy, semifinalist slash finalist. I mean, he was one of the biggest weapons of this Miami Hurricanes team with an ineffective offense at times. Um, you know, a situation where he just couldn't move the ball. This guy kept things from getting ridiculous. I don't think you beat Clemson without him. I know you don't beat Virginia without him. And he's probably somebody that nobody even thinks about. We had great punting for years here um, by a young man that's now in the NFL. We hit again, um, you know, with the Australia kicking school, and that's hard yeah, to do. And Miami hit twice. And so, Dylan Joyce, this Bud's for you. Yeah, we went from Lou Headley uh, to Dylan Joyce, and the number 94 has been good <clears throat> for the Miami Hurricanes and the, uh, the punters. Um, what I'm thankful for, the person I'm thankful for, is a guy you were on early, you were talking about, you were hyping up, and I have come to absolutely love this dude, not only on the field where he is a beast, if I might say so, but off the field. He is just an amazing, amazing young man. Just, just I love talking to him, love asking him questions. Do you know who I'm going to say? Mark Fletcher. Yeah, without a doubt. Freshman running back Mark Fletcher Jr., has been unbelievable, and you were on him early, um, but another local kid that stayed home, and he got a tiny bit of an opp- opportunity, and then he got hurt, and then he came back, and man, he has been something to see. He will end up finishing the season most likely with over 500 yards rushing, um, which considering the injuries, and he didn't, you know, he missed some games and whatnot, that, that's pretty good, but... I love I love what he does on the field, Brandon, but I love him off the field even more. He's just a great young man. Um, and it's that kind of character that I think helps, you know, build a program. So I think the Hurricanes hit on that one for sure. Um, so I am thankful for Mark Fletcher. I just hope there's like another 20 of those guys about to come into the program because uh, they could well, use that. Well. Well, he's a really good kid. I've had the pleasure of knowing him since sixth grade. Uh, he won the MVP of my sixth and seventh grade middle school All-American game football hotbed. In eighth grade, Mark Fletcher was away in Jacksonville because his mother lives in Jacksonville. His father still lives in South Florida. He came back, and I was like, Mark, we already have four quarterbacks. I told his dad, I was like, you know, maybe you just want to sit this one out because – we can't put you at running back. These guys have been practicing all week. He's like, man, I just want to play. His dad was like, we just want the work. He played middle linebacker. In what? He was the best. Listen, he listen. If Mark Fletcher hadn't have been a running back, he would have had no problems being one of the best middle linebackers you've ever seen. I'm telling you facts. 
He actually wow. played. If you go back and watch the tape against Miami Central last year, he played middle linebacker late in that game. He's really, really good. But that just speaks, Beast, to the kind of humility this guy has. He's been raised by two great parents, you know, co-parenting at the highest level. He has great respect for mom and dad. It was so fun to see after he had one of those big games, Coach Tim Harris and Mario, they allowed his parents to go into the press room. And I don't think I've ever really seen that uh, in my 11 years doing it. It just literally nope. never happens. But when you do nope. it for a special kid who was a great recruiting get late in the cycle, who chose to stay home over programs like Ohio State, where he was committed to for so, so long, and, you know, everybody thought he was going to the University of Florida. He stays at home, goes to Miami. I think it was the best decision of his life. If he's not a freshman All-American, he's second team. He's definitely all ACC freshman. He, he's just a big-time player, a great kid, super humble, and like you said, we just need more like him. Yeah, without a doubt. If that's the prototype, if that's what a Mario player looks like, a skill position Mario player looks like, I'm down with it, right? Like, we we, we understand that the trenches have been rebuilt through the portal and through recruiting. Now, if you can get those skill guys uh, to, to, to look like Mark Fletcher, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And, and I told you, Beast, I said, you know, I forget what game he missed. I said, man, we miss Mark Fletcher. I said, yeah, like, I don't care about the older dudes like <laughs> this. This guy's a true freshman. He's not the average true freshman. He's big. He came in ready to go. You know, he was already the right size and he's actually lost weight. He slimmed down. And I can't imagine because he wasn't even an early enrollee. Can you imagine what he's going to be like in year two? Like he's probably going to be faster, stronger. I mean, he's just going to be so hungry. He's going to lead this. And he might be the reason of. of a couple of guys might look at the portal because I just think that, you know, I miss Henry Parrish. I miss what he gave when he started getting injured toward the end of the season. I really miss that one-two punch because I don't think it was the same when it was Don and Mark. Henry and Mark kind of worked. It really, really worked. It was just like a really good combo, and it was hard to stop. And then you got Don for just a little bit, sprinkling some other stuff. But I, I just – I just really like Mark, and, and that's a great thing to be thankful for, for, man. I mean, just a great dude. I could talk for hours about Mark Fletcher. Yeah, that'll, that'll be another off-season show, the Mark Fletcher show. Um, he deserves it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So Boston College and Miami will play on Friday, a noon game, Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill. I will be there. Boston College comes in at 6-5. and five. They have one more win than Miami in the conference. They're not a great team, but we know Boston College. They're always going to be a tough team. They're always going to, you know, they're always going to try to run the football and be a tough team. But here we go again. Another instance where Miami's going to face a team where their quarterback is their leading rusher. Uh, Castellanos is not a great passer, but he is a great runner. And this is going to be an issue for the Miami Hurricanes if they uh, don't play assignment football. I know it's cliche to say, but that's what it's going to come down to. Look at my hands. If you're not watching on YouTube, I'll say it. 1-1. One, one. This is the Corey flag game. People have misgivings about this dude, but let me tell you something. He is the run stopper. He this is, is yep. the Corey flag game. Corey Flagg has to slow that dude down. 
He makes me so nervous. Like he's the only thing in between us having a seven and five season, a big win on the road, you know, the old, you know, Big East, you know, rivalry, Boston College in Miami. There's no love lost. This thing goes back a long time. And Hell so yeah. at the end of the day, they would love to stick it to us. We need number 11 and we just need, we need Louisville Tyler Van Dyke that doesn't necessarily become a hero, but doesn't hurt the team. And I think you're fine. But I mean, you got us. That dude is a big problem. He can win games yeah. by himself. Almost. If you look at a lot of their games, like half their games this year, he, he's the leading rusher in their game. And I don't, there's uh, only one time this season does Boston College have a receiver with over 100 yards in a game. So they, this is not going to be a game where uh, you're going to worry about your secondary or what have you. This is all about front seven assignment football. Would you let me ask you a question? Because uh, Lance Gidry has switched up the defense this year, depending on who they're playing. He's re- he's really a good coordinator. Mario really hit on that one. Would you would you spy on Castellanos? Um, I think I would. I think I would spy on him. I think I have to. I think between Kiko and Flag, I would play Besaint a little less, or I would go to an I wouldn't play odd front with this dude. I'd play four down. Right. I'd play traditional. I'd keep to Corey Couch on the bench and just play with three linebackers. I would play with Besaint, Flag, and 51, the All-American. And I would say, okay, dude, you're going to have to pass to beat us because we ain't going to let you run around. Our guys, our backers are just as fast as you are. Maybe not, but we're running. And, you know, this can be a track meet. We don't mind. We, oh, by the way, we can sub dudes in. You know what I mean? And to Corey Couch, if he plays, he's not afraid to hit. That's one of his trademarks. But I just don't think it makes sense for this game. I think we need trenches. I think we need Ruben Bain. I think we need Branson Dean. I think we need, you know, just, you know, you know, Harrison Hunt and whatever he brings. And I, I just think we need to get after that, you know, line of scrimmage to to push him in positions to like throw the ball up because we don't want him running around like i was you just catch the end of bc games and he's always keeping them in it even oh. it's like when the game should be over he's just always the guys ahead like <laughs> just contain him and it's over yeah i mean easier said than done right like you, you we know what the game plan has to be it's just a matter of execution <laughs> right I, that, that's I mean, yeah I mean, you want a better bowl. If not, you're going to be playing in the you never heard of me bowl. So Yeah, well, as I will as I always say, I will El Paso on El Paso. Uh, <laughs> because yeah, I'm not I'm not spending my uh my December many Christmases in, uh in El Paso, in, Texas, yes. In El Paso. That's not that's not happening. All right, Brandon. Well, um, to you, your family, to our entire audience out there, have an amazing and safe Thanksgiving. We are very thankful for you for listening and watching and supporting all season long. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, be with everyone uh, this season. Brandon, thank you for sliding into my DMs with the idea. Yeah, and thankful to you to accept... Uh, the podcast invitation because I never knew what it can become and now we are on our own network and we're, we're up once a week. We've had some really big guests and um, uh, the, the listenership will come. I ain't worried about it. 
just got to be consistent. We're one of the best. We know that. And so we're just going to keep, keep rolling. Yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about it. Um, the uh, it's amazing because neither, I mean, listen, I'll speak for myself. I am not a looker, but you look at the numbers on the YouTube uh, videos that we put out huge. People just like to see me. I think it's the thing. They just want to see my beautiful face. Your beautiful mug. That's all it's about. So, uh, all right. Well, we will. Uh, so one of us, probably me, will talk to you after the game. I want to see uh, you lose it. Let's tell the truth. They love when you lose it. So yeah, hopefully they, we don't they, lose this game. Yeah, if, if Miami loses this game, you're gonna see you're gonna see really prime beast. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you uh, after the game on Friday, and we will have a show for you next week. Um, I'm gonna try to effort a Will Manso George Sedano debate uh, on on with us. We'll see we'll see if we can make that happen either next week or at some point in the offseason. Uh, it is Miami and Boston College. We appreciate you guys for uh, listening and tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this. And uh, we will see you next time on the Real Ones Canes podcast.